Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, chapter 11, and we are at page 157, the seventh paragraph. Today's readers are Janice M. on the 12 steps, Diane G. on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Nancy R., Jody E. Q., and Martha Z. The reference number for Monday, October 24th, is 9200. That's 9200. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 steps. And thank you, Katie. Um, this, my name is Janice, and I'm a grateful, compulsive, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless small inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbling, asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Janice. I will now call on Diane G., to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. It's Diane G. from New Hampshire, a recovered not Jewish compulsive overeater. <clears throat> the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one, but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, chapter 11 on page 157, paragraph seven, and I will ask Nancy R. to begin reading. And she's gonna read two paragraphs um, with uh, the focus of our comments on the second paragraph he interrupted okay thank you nancy uh, thank you good morning i'm nancy ira grateful recover compulsive overeater the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out he interrupted i used to be strong for the church but that won't fix it I prayed to God on hangover mornings and swore that I'd never touch another drop. But by 9 o'clock, I'd be as bald as an owl. Uh, I can identify with this reading so 
so strongly. I, uh, too, was very active in the church, uh, and um, I thought I thought I had a, a, a strong relationship with God, but to be perfectly honest, I really um, uh, didn't believe that uh, God could help me with my problem, and basically it was being obese. Uh, what I really would pray to God for was just to let me be thin. Um, I wanted to lose the weight. Uh, I had no idea that anything other than dieting would uh, help me to lose weight. And basically that's what I was asking God to do. Please help me stay on this diet. And inevitably, like um, uh, the speaker on this page, before the day was over, or sometimes shortly after I had prayed the prayer, I'd be back into the food. Um, you see, my idea of God was that he was a magician, that he could magically uh, strike me thin and normal around the food. Uh, basically, I wanted to continue eating my favorite foods and be like other people. I wanted to, in, in essence, I wanted to be magically changed into something that I'm not. So... Um, uh, only after uh, studying the steps and understanding the program of uh, recovery, uh, and, uh, you know, I am able to live the normal, the normalcy that I so long for. Today, I have that in my life as a result of the transformation that's taken place uh, in my life as a result of the twelve steps. Thank you for letting me share. I'm done. Okay, thank you. Okay, who would like to share on this um, first? Charles H. Well, it, okay, thank you, Charles. Elena B. Okay. Um, Maureen M. Larry. Okay. Vasa O. Okay, I wrote very little down, so let me see if I got it. Charles H. Elaine B. Tina S. Maureen. M. M. Yeah. Um, Larry K. And Vasa O. Maureen M. Okay. Let's go with those. If anybody else wanted to jump in real quick, or we'll go with those six to start. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead, Charles H. You're first, followed by Elaine B. Thank you. Thank you for your um, your service. Charles H. A recovered uh, compulsive overeater just for today. Yeah, this, you know, God spoke to me this morning and said, get up and say something about this. Um, he interrupted. I used to be strong for the church. I ain't going to let that one, I ain't going to let that one slide. I ain't going to let it rock because, you know, I'm, I, you know, and, and it's just for me. This is my experience. Um, I, I, I'm strong for the church and, and I can remember being strong for the church before. And I, I know a lot of folks in my community that are strong for the church and be like, Ooh, hallelujah, praise God. And, and that's, and that's all good. But I never gave God, you know, all my food. I gave him everything else. God, you could be the, you could direct everything else, but my food, I got this. I can control this. I can control this. You know, so, you know, Bill G, I love you, my man, but I ain't going to let you rock on that one. Because cause guess what? I, I, I got a sneaky suspicion that when, when <laughs> you know, when I gave God my problem by surrendering, right, because this, this is simple. 
You know, God gives me free will. Yo, you want to binge? Try that rock. One way or another, you're going to come back to me. Amen? And, 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 you know, as soon as I made up my mind, I said, God, yo, you know what? That ketchup, here you go. You know, the orange juice, here you go. You know, 10% fat, here you go. When I, you know, and, and that made me stronger um, in all areas. That, that, that um, intensified my Wi-Fi connection, I mean, clear, real clear. So, so I, I'm not beat for, oh, I used to be strong for the church and then, and then blaming that on God. Don't blame that on God. You know, I blame that on me. You know, so, so that's all I need to cover. My Wi-Fi connection is tight right now because I gave it to God. God did what he did with it. I don't care what he did with it. And now, you know, um, that's, that's how that go one day at a time with that I pass. Thank you, Charles. And um, Lane B, please press star one to share, and then followed by Tina S. Please Sorry about that. I thought, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much, Katie. This is Elaine B. Recovered. So grateful for a solution that I have to live one day at a time to keep it. <laughs> and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Uh, again, I used to be strong for the church. You know, it wasn't even so strong for the church. I really had a, a belief in God that was powerful to help make changes in my life. 30 years ago, uh, last month, I gave up smoking cigarettes. Never had a need for one since. 30 years ago this month, I, I gave up a pretty deleterious lifestyle of uh, drinking drugs and and relationships that I'm not proud of today. <laughs> and I was able to walk away with all of them because of a faith in God and a surrender. But it wasn't enough for my food. And the reason why is because I didn't have a design for a living. I had all kinds of dishonesties and selfishness and self-seeking and fear that kept getting in my way. There were stumbling blocks for me that appeared every single day. And I needed access to ease and comfort when I couldn't access them in God. So I turned to the food, which was a source of ease and comfort for me right from the start, years before I went to any of those other things. Um, So, you know, even though I had a thin body, I was really, really, really insane (laughs) at the time that I put those things down. And I stayed insane until I picked up the spiritual toolkit and I I learned how to use it. Um, When I came into OA, I was so grateful for a way that I could put down the food and fellowship and tools and people I could talk to and sponsors that could show me how to show up for weddings and honeymoons and funerals and parties without needing to pick up the food, but I still didn't have the design for a living or the peace and serenity and that sort of manageability that I saw in people who had worked the steps the way that they're laid out in the big book. And I didn't get it in church either. You know, I got a lot from from church, but I just didn't get it there. And so I'm so incredibly grateful that um, 
God showed me how much power food had over me because when I left the rooms to do it, just me and God, I know I got this thing. I fell flat on my face really quick, really hard, really bad. John Barleycorn did the convincing. The food must do the convincing so that we're desperate enough to do whatever it takes to humble ourselves, uh, to, to pick up the spiritual toolkit and work it with all we have, to hang on to the desperation with the desperation of a dying man and to continue to do this work day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And in doing so, the access that I've had to my higher power is unbelievable and he's giving me a life that's second to none, that's full of problems that he, God helps me meet every day, one day at a time. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Elaine B. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Maureen M. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida, and uh, heard some really great stuff. Uh, I used to think that I could not relate to this paragraph. You know, I used to be strong for the church because I thought, well, you know, I gave up church when I was a senior in high school. But, you know, the truth of the matter is uh, my core addiction is food, and that's really when my food addiction was uh, rampant in my early years. Um, not that it wasn't any less in my later years, but I acquired several other addictions to compensate, or so I thought. So, um, you know, I can remember as a, as a kid going to church because I, I thought this was the answer for a long time, and so it never was the answer for me. And, uh, you know, and I used God and religion and church as a Santa Claus or a a wish list type thing. And when things didn't happen the way that I wanted them to, I said, okay, I'm on my own now. You know, I tried this thing for for 16 years and it somehow didn't work. I wasn't getting what I thought that I wanted in the manner that I thought that I needed it. And so what happened was I said, okay, I'm on my own. And, and this just brings home to me the powerlessness. You know, I prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop. But by nine o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. You know, that was my story. You know, I was so powerless and my life became so unmanageable as a boiled, boiled owl. You know, and that's just the truth today. So, you know, when I'm living in step one in the disease, there is no hope, you know. But when I, I take that leap, you know, a little bit of willingness to go to step two because the solution for me is steps two through 12. And um, there is a solution. And then I, I become willing to believe in a power greater than myself. However, I define that, you know, to restore me to sanity, which um, is, a, is a good way to live today. And, um, and I ask for that every morning. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, Maureen M., you're up, followed by yes. Larry K. Yes, good morning, Kathy. My name is Maureen M., recovered compulsive eater from New York. And uh, very short paragraphs, uh, but very loaded. Um, the two friends told him about the course of action. Um, but then he interrupted. <laughs> and I find that interesting. You know, wait a second. I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. Like he's already fixed in his mind about this whole spirituality um, idea. You know, and he had one idea. I prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop by 9 o'clock. I'd be boiled as an owl. 
Um, I, I know for me, I always wanted God to do all the work. Whatever. God was this like, I don't know, magician who was going to come in and and fix me. Um, and then I'd be disappointed when it didn't, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And there must be some reason why I kept failing. I was flawed. I was this. I was that. Whatever I was in my mind at that moment, I was not cooperating with God of my understanding. I was not taking action. Um, I was looking for someone or something or some energy or some power to fix me without me doing anything to cooperate with that fixing. Um, Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I mean, I think right now he's still becoming honest and he's embarking on becoming open. He's listening. Um, I'm not sure he's changing yet and I'm not sure he made that decision, but it will come. The decision will come after that in the reading. Um, But steps one, two, and three are evident here um, in that there will be a process. There will be direction, a plan, cooperation with a power greater than myself so I could be restored to sanity. And then ultimately, the ultimate goal is to help other people and to be of service. That's the full circle of healing. Thanks very much for letting me share. Have a great day. Thank you, Maureen. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Vasa O. Hey, Katie, thank you for your service. Um, this is Larry Kay, Recovered Compostable Reader. You know, um, <laughs> I was never strong for the church, um, but but I can identify in with this. So I'm going to I'm going to change it a little bit and see if it resonates. It it definitely resonates with me. You know, I interrupted. I used to be strong for OA, but that won't fix it. See, I've I've tried this. Didn't happen the way I wanted on my terms. And you know, when I wanted it, I wanted relief now. You know, I went to meetings on hangover mornings. and And I swore, and I went to three meetings. That'll fix it. You know, and I swore at those meetings, I'll never touch another drop. And you know what? This is the truth. By noon, because I'd go to, let's see, I'd go to a uh, a 6.30 a.m. meeting. Now, that's a dedicated guy, right? 6.30 a.m. meeting. Then there was a 9 a.m. meeting. And then there was like an 11 o'clock meeting. That'll fix it. See, I wanted it on my terms. You know, I need to remember something. Selfishness. You know, self-centeredness, that selfishness, that was the root of my problem, the root of my troubles. I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. And these, these steps need to change us. It did for me. These steps needed to change me sequentially, followed precisely as laid out in the big book. Because these instructions are specific. They produce a change. This is my belief. If they do not produce a change because I stay stuck in self, you can be here for your whole life. You can be affiliated with the beautiful fellowship of OA and you will die of this disease. 
by the grace of God today, I can say I will not, I will die as we all will, but I will not die of this disease because I've been changed. And if that sounds Pollyannish, I don't, I don't know. It's really, really, if you think about it, it's between me and my higher power, isn't it? It's the truth. I've been changed. I don't think the way I used to think, and thus I don't behave the way I used to behave. I'm not perfect. I never will be because last I checked, I'm still a human being. But I've been changed as a result of these steps. It brought me into an alignment of some kind with my higher power, the higher power of my own understanding. And for that, I'm grateful. These steps sequentially produce a change. It's no longer about me from a God-centered consciousness or from a self-centered consciousness, rather, to a God-centered consciousness. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Vasa O, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And Vasa, grateful recovered compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, I wasn't. I, I went to church as a child, and but I didn't really understand the Bible that much. I just there was God. God was in heaven. I was on earth, and I did pray. Uh, I did some prayers um, over my life, and somehow I kind of um, decided to leave God, let God go. You know, when I was like 19 years old, something happened horrible in my life. So I said, well, must not be God, you know. If this, if God, if God, you're still allowing this to happen, living in a Christian household with a priest that went and preached in the church, and the disappointments that I saw as growing up, and I kind of decided there must not be church. And I did pray to God, God, please come down, put an order on this family, you know. Well, God was not coming, so I said, there must not be God. So, again, I am so, so grateful to God, to my higher power, which I call God. Led me in the 12 steps. Today is my anniversary. It's the, 20, the 30th anniversary, October 20, 25th, 1986. And my, I marked that day as the beginning of my new life with the program and my higher power, which I call God. And I'm just so grateful. Uh, nothing, nothing helped me with the food addiction till I came to this program and I had the gift of desperation and I was ready and willing to surrender. It was just the beginning. And again, when I said 30 years, it's not me. It's by the grace of God. I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. God gets the credit and I give the, the people that outline the 12 steps you know, the way they laid out. But again, I did not want to die, and I was ready and willing because I remember saying, there's going to be a better life out there than the life that I'm living with the food. I would be dead today. I know I would be dead the way I kept on eating and the way, you know, it was going to kill me. It was just going to kill me. And I remember promising myself not to God. I didn't think I could promise to God about the food addiction. But I remember promising to myself and my friends, oh, yeah, I'm starting a new diet. Oh, this is going to work. I remember promising my husband, oh, you know, maybe this is going to, I'll be motivated. If I make a bet, 
and then, you know, maybe I'll be able to put the food down. Nothing, nothing worked until I came to this beautiful 12 program. And the transformation that God has done to me through the steps, you know, and through everything that I do in my life. You know, yeah, I've gone back to church, but I did not have a relationship with God. My relationship started when I surrendered on my knees and I humbled myself. And I said, you know what, God? I cannot do this by myself. And that's when that power came from a higher power that I did not have, that existed in my in myself. And that was only the beginning. And I, I'm transformed. I'm, I wrap it up. I can't believe the person that I was to the person that I am today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God for putting this program and the 12 steps and wonderful people like you that had gone before me and led me and helped me. And I passed. Thank you, Vasa. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Julie R. Amanda R. Okay. And I'll go after you all. Okay, so Julie R., Amanda R., Katie F. Okay, go ahead, Hi. Julie R. Thank you, Katie. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from California. And I used to be strong for the church. That won't fix it. Well, I wasn't used. I mean, I wasn't strong for the church growing up. I kind of went the other way. But, you know, I used to have this relationship with God where if you let me survive the night after a horrific binge where I'm full, my bed's littered with X, Y, and Z, I will be a better person. So that's the kind of relationship I had with that God. Um, it was fear-based. It was just, if I can get through the night, I'll I'll do something. And then it went to, I better not trust in, quote-unquote, a God, because, um, you know, some of those stories, I, I don't know the Bible that well, but there's about Job or something, you know, my luck, I'm going to get all these bad things happen to me, so I might as well just Stuff will run riot. So that was my my way of doing things. It's like be in charge, be in control, don't ask for help from anything. And so fast forward to today. Where am I today? It's like that God that I have today is in the trees, in the sky, in the leaves, on the ground, up above. It doesn't matter. And it's like, oh, my God, I can pray anywhere. You know, I can focus on, on words that really count in my spirit, um, and it's not Julie's spirit, it's God's spirit, and it's like, you know, to walk in prayer, right? I got to be willing to talk to God all the time, and that is so different from um, the God of, of my childhood, and, you know, I've come back to my natural, you know, quote-unquote religion, spirituality, whatever you want to call it, um, and my God is loving, caring, kind, and my God will let me know if I'm veering off my uh, red road, as I would call it, because I will get smacked upside the head when I'm into South Will. But it's like I, food is like gone. I mean, the, 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 I'm neutral. I, I don't have any, um, I don't have to argue with myself. I don't have to plead. I'm, you know, I'm abstinent and I have emotional sobriety. It didn't come from me. It came from that God that resonates within me. And uh, I never thought that I could rely on somebody other than myself. 
and it's a wonderful experience. So I'm just grateful to be in OA because OA has saved my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie R. Amanda R., you're up. Good morning. This is Amanda R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. And um, I really had trouble with this step two. It, it, it almost derailed me completely. Um, I was I was strong for the church. Church meant an awful lot for me. And I had this weight problem. And it may seem odd, but it never really occurred to me that God could or would help me with this weight. I mean, it just seemed like it's, like that's too small for God to deal with. God's got an awful lot of things on his mind and I mean it sounds almost silly, but this is this is honestly what I was thinking. And so, um got involved in OA and it's a spirituality thing. I'm thinking, okay and there and people are telling me, you know, God will you know, if you seek God, God will help you with this weight problem. And I God that God is able help me with this problem so right right there i was like wait a minute you know you're telling me that all along all through these you know decades of being overweight god has been able to fix this problem and for some reason he hasn't i'm like okay well what does that say about god i mean is he is he like some sort of combination lock and he's just waiting for me to try, you know, the 14,000th combination until I, you know, say the magic word by accident and all of a sudden, poof, it's going to be awesome. I mean, like, does God not care that he hasn't helped me with this? I mean, why has he left me to struggle with this thing? And um, through a lot of talking to people in program, through a lot of reading, I came to realize uh, God has not removed this problem yet because I, Amanda R., am getting in the way and okay, then now I'm like get back to really feeling hopeless again. Like, oh, I'm just gonna keep getting in the way for the rest of my life. What, what now? You know, I'm not capable of getting out of the way. And well, okay, some more reading, some more talking to people, trying to figure it out. Um, I come to find out, the twelve steps are the way, are the method for which I get out of God's way, and God is then free to make changes in my life because I'm not on purpose or usually not even aware, not on purpose, I'm not blocking him anymore. And, okay, so that was my tumultuous step two. I'm like, oh, okay, I can I can deal with that. I think got some hope going on now. But my goodness, it was hard for me to um, to to sort of wrap my head around that. And that's all I have. I'll pass. Thank you, Amanda. And I'll share on this... Um Paragraph, I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And, you know, I I mean, I feel like how many times can we all say, oh, I totally relate to that paragraph, but this truly was where I was at um, when I came uh, to the point where I could surrender. Um, I had been in OA for five years, and I, um, you know, just... I was more this like this guy, you know, I interrupted. I interrupted whatever anyone said and said, oh, yeah, okay, 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 I got it. Okay, now I know what to do. Okay, I'll do that. And then, of course, no, <laughs> I didn't do it. And um, 
And so then I uh, went full-blown in, back into my disease, uh, binging every single day. Um, every morning would wake up and say, okay, today's the day. Today's the day when I'm not going to compulsively ever eat. I'm going to go in. I worked in a restaurant, and I'm going to – I don't even know what I thought I was going to eat, but I wasn't going to eat anything bad. And um, by 9 o'clock, I had uh, mint M&Ms in my mouth. And I was drinking um, usually diet soda from the bar, you know, gun kind of thing. And that, that combination in my mouth, it still makes me just want to throw up at the thought of that combination. It did not taste good whatsoever. And yet that's what I did every day um, for months until I was finally ready to say, um, I need help. And I called someone who I'd known for years. In the afternoon, not in the morning, not the, you know, not able to say I made it through the day, congratulate me. You know, I had the cart before the horse. I thought that, you know, I needed to prove that I could do this for one day and then I would pick up the phone. I mean, that, that's just insane right there. So I finally was able to ask someone for help and was finally willing to listen and do what she said. And, you know, it hasn't changed since then. Um, in every area of my life, I'm able to pause today and I'm able to say, um, you know, <laughs> there's got to be a better way and I'll ask for help. And I work the 12 steps in every single thing in my life. And um, the difference today is that instead of me popping that food in my mouth before I'm even thinking about what I'm doing, I have that pause to say, wait a minute. That wasn't what I planned today. That's not um, what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I have um, been able to stick with, um, you know, a surrendered posture for a very long time. And I have never had to go back to that uh, waking up in the morning, scratching my head, saying, what happened? How did this happen again? With that, I'll pass. Can and now you, I will. Is it yeah. Is there, is there two okay. ways to add to jump in? Anita J. Okay, Carol. let's just have one more last call. So I've got Carol G. Anita J. Anyone else want to uh, share on this paragraph before we move on? Okay, go ahead, Carol G. And then Anita J. And then we will have um, Jody E. Q. Read the next paragraph. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. It's Carol G living in uh, a recovered life. Uh, thank you, Vision, for you and good morning. Um, wow, I used to be strong in the church. Yes, me too. Um, you see, I, I sought God in many, many places. And, you know, often times, even today, God gets blamed for things that God hasn't done. I always have to look at my part in the relationship between me and my higher power. Um and I think I was trying to do that a long, long time ago. And I think, for me, the program's not just about God. Um, it is about God, because God's everything. Of course it is. But I needed this chip of a book. I needed something to help me connect with that higher power. No matter how many gods I saw in the old days, um, when I was in the food, I was hopeless. Of course I needed God. But I couldn't get this connection. I remember... I, I saw the open door of a church one day and I sneaked in. 
and I went to the priest and I asked him to take a confession and he said to me I think God's listening but maybe you've got a disconnect maybe something's not being connected here what might really really help you Carol is if you go away and get your eating disorder fixed first I said what eating disorder <laughs> uh, and I look back at that now and he was a great signpost he showed me <clears throat> excuse me, that there was a piece missing in the puzzle, that I was going to God and going to God and going to God and still going to God, but there was no connection. When I walked through the program of recovery and I took these steps, something opened a pathway between me and that higher power that I'd been searching for for 40 years. Something connected us in a way that I could not connect. Something connected us in a way that no human power could. He knew his limitations. I knew my limitations for five minutes <laughs> but now I really do know my limitations because today when I'm saying God you're not everything I've taken my will back but God really does get the blame sometimes for things that God hasn't done and for me I have to look at my relationship and I just look at my part staying 10 11 and 12 keep that connection keep that connection going and it's it's just a fabulous life full of tears full of joy but it's fabulous and that um I'll pass thank you Thank you, Carol G. Anita J., you're Thank you so much, Katie. This is Anita J. I recovered out here in Massachusetts. Um, I couldn't let this go by because I have to remember, I have to give my God the credit. And uh, I certainly wouldn't have said that when I first walked through the doors because I, I equated him with church. And the experiences I've had in church, well, see, I always judge things by the worst moment, not the overall. You did one thing wrong, buddy, you're out, and that's including God. And I remember as a preteen, I stuttered. And um, the, our priest said to me, what do you want to be, Anita, when you grow up? And I stuttered that I wanted to be an actress. And he responded with, what? And just laughed and said, you know, you can't be an actress. Listen to you. You know, I never forgot it. Decades and decades. But I've forgiven the man. He had a lot. He was, well, that sick man's prayer fits him. But the problem, that wasn't it. The last one. Right before OA was when the minister, now I'm in a congregational. I mean, it's, I'm an interdenominational speaker of God. And, um, when he had the affair, that did it. I mean, I judged. The point is, whatever I was looking for is not in a human being. And to find that it was deep within me and in you, and even in them, uh, it was the most amazing thing. And it's the power that has turned my life around and uh, seems to be affecting other people. And um, I'd say the greatest thing God is doing for me is he's giving me the power to live life on life's terms. That was not what I wanted. Life on life's terms. You know, we're just dismantling this Cape Cod house where we had 28 years of really happy, happy living. Well, you know what I mean? Not totally. But... um, 
how excited when we moved in and now we're moving out. And uh, it's time to pack this part of our life up. And I'm sure God is not packing me up, though. He's got other plans. I just can't let go of him. He is the power that gets my life going. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anita. Okay, Jody EQ, if you would please read that uh, next paragraph on page 158. <clears throat> yes, good morning. This is Jody EQ, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic in California. Next day, found the prospect more receptive. He had been thinking it over. Maybe you're right, he said. God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. So yes, the next day, his brain perhaps was more clear thanks to being in the hospital and not drinking. And also thanks to Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson who had come to the hospital to talk to him and share their experiences with him, including their spiritual experience. So Bill, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, this third member of AA is beginning to have a spiritual awakening. He's beginning to come to believe that there might be a power greater than himself that can restore him to sanity. It reminds me of the thought that I had when I came to my very first OA meeting and it was the 12 steps suggested that God could restore me to sanity when it came to my food. And that's exactly what I thought. God ought to be able to do anything. God is God. And it had never occurred to me that God could help me with my food. I had never even thought to ask. And that was a revelation right there. And then he goes on to say, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. And I think that last word, alone, is the key here. God doesn't help us in a vacuum. God only helps us with our food if we become willing to carry the message to other compulsive overeaters, just as Bill Wilson did when he got sober in the hospital. Perhaps there are other alcoholics who could also use this revelation that I have had. So indeed, God does not help us alone. And I think that's why religion is not sufficient for us, because in a church setting or a synagogue or whatever, It's not about helping each other with any specific addiction. We need to go where we can find other compulsive overeaters. That way, and we can't go to AA with a food problem either for the same reason. I have to go where there are other compulsive eaters that I can help once I have recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. Okay, we have time for three or four shares. Who would like to share on this oh, paragraph? Sally Melinda Anna C. 
Okay, I have Sally A, Melissa C, and Monica. Right? Was that you, Monica? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought I heard you, and then I thought, well, maybe I'm just hearing things. Okay, so let's go with Sally A, Melissa C, and Monica T. Okay, go ahead, Sally. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service to all of us. It's Sally A. in New York. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm deleting the word recovered because I'm not recovered today. Um, I want to speak on the sentence, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. And I found myself uh, for really about a year now since the October retreat really struggling with certain things, not sugar and not flour, but a host of other things that were that I was unwilling to really surrender, to let go of, like popcorn, like coffee, like the things that were uh, just other things that were leading me, for me, especially television, which was the key form of dissociation that I had. And uh, I... Finally, I am fortunate to have some very dear friends who kept saying to me, Sally, how are you doing? And, you know, my line is always, I'm fine. How are you doing? And my focus is always on the other person. And largely because of my big fat ego, um, it's easier for me to say, how are you doing? Because it's hard for me to say, help me. I'm struggling. I'm, I feel like I'm going down a drain. And that is exactly what happened to me because I was fighting this booze racket alone. You know, I heard Lori say at that retreat in October that all of us have three addictions. And I knew the minute he said it what my three were. It was coffee, it was sugar, flour, you know, eating disorder, and television. These were my three addictions. And the key thing I really wanted to say to you guys this morning is that here I am, it's day three. I had four and a half years of, of abstinence, called myself recovered, and I was unwilling to let go of the words I'm recovered after four and a half years because I still wasn't eating the sugar and the flour, but I was eating a lot of other things and I was sloppy, and most importantly, I was gaining weight to the tune of 16 pounds in one year, just creeping up the scale. Unfortunately, I have this one very dear friend who kept saying to me, the current definition, and I'll end with this, of abstinence in OA is abstinence is the action of refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight, spiritual, emotional, and physical recovery is the result of living the Overeaters Anonymous 12-step program. So I want to, to say to you this morning and say out loud to all of you, because I need to hear me, verbal expression deepens impression. I need to hear me say, I broke my abstinence. And because I was letting go of the four and a half year number, I figured, well, what the heck, I may as well eat everything I haven't eaten in four and a half years and get it out of my system. And really after one binge, it was just not worth it. It didn't feel good, as many of you have all said. And so here I am back in kindergarten where I hope to stay for the rest of my life, one day at a time. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Sally. Um, Melissa, see you're up. 
Hi. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And um so grateful for the beautiful honesty here, you know, and that that's what's missing when I'm fighting something on my own. You know, um, this paragraph really speaks to me because um, my whole life was fighting this and then cursing God for not fixing it, you know. But um, I was fighting it and not letting go of the food in my hand, you know, so I was sort of fighting it one-armed. Um, and I didn't really, I wasn't really fighting um, from eating the food. I was fighting from having the results of eating the food because I didn't want to put the food down. It terrified me to stop eating. And, um, you know, what jumps out at me here was when I fight anything, uh, I'm in trouble. It's it's total lack of surrender when I'm dictating to God um what it is he needs to do for me. And that can creep up in so many areas of my life. It can creep up in work. It can creep up in relationships with my family when I tell God, you know, God, just keep me from, I tell God, keep me from opening my mouth. Keep me from saying something I shouldn't say. And and there again, I'm, I'm telling God what to do rather than God, you know, give me the power to live peacefully today. Um, those are the things I need to reflect on. And, you know, it just comes at me more and more that, um, no, I was never able to fight this on my own because I was never meant to do this on my own. You know, isolation um, is is the earmark of this disease for me. It was um, it's what filled me up, kept me empty at the same time, you know, this sense of aloneness. And my disease has completely um blown that apart for me. You know, the only way that I can live recovered, be recovered, work towards, you know, maintaining my recovery is my connectedness with other people. And I'm just so grateful to know that and and want that today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Melissa C., for leaving one minute for Monica T., Unless you want to wait till the second hour. Good morning, Katie. Thank you. I'll take my minute and run here. Okay. Next day found the pro- this is Monica T. Recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Next day found the prospect more receptive. He'd been thinking it over. Maybe you're right. You know, I've been thinking about this little thing here for the last few days. Has popped into my head. And and maybe you're right. He said God ought to be able to do anything. And it just struck me. With that simple thought, God ought to be able to do anything. He did step two. Now, he's not too sure about all this, but he knows, you know, just like I knew, Monica, how's your way working, Monica? Well, darn, it wasn't, and hadn't for decades. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. So he's not too sure, and, um, um, and that's okay. That's what I want to get across. You know, you don't have to have this all figured out. You just, you know, God ought to be able to do anything. And with that thought and then his willingness to work, he never drank again. And I pass. Thank you so much, Monica. Sorry, let me turn my timer off here. Okay. So thank you to everyone who has shared. Um, Thank you to uh, Janice M., 
um, Diane G, Nancy R, Jody EQ, and Martha Z, and everyone who has shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia and happy to be a member of Team Tuesday. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.